Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Tonight on PM Express, a conversation about the revamping of the Tema oil refinery and the proposed partnership between Tor and Torrentco. This has generated controversy with CSOs questioning the capacity of Torrentco to give the country value for money. Now, Imani Ghana has been conducting some research and it has stated categorically it does not believe this company, Torrentco, have what it takes to revive Tor. But Tor, on the other hand, says it is the only option available. You've seen a statement recently, which I'll be sharing with you, uh, by the senior staff of Tor, who say that is the only available uh, option to them. Remember the conversation. The new Chevy Silverado HD puts you in command. Own strength with its enhanced available Duramax 6.6-liter turbo diesel V8. Own the lake with its available advanced towing technology. And own technology with an available 13.4-inch diagonal touchscreen. The new Chevy Silverado HD. Own work, own play, own life. Learn more at Chevy.com. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Has been over the period has been how to revive tour. So ideas such as partnership shouldn't really be a problem, right? So why the fuss? Let me share a few insights with you to set the tone for this conversation. And of course, uh, these are the issues that Imani Ghana is raising. Uh, the, in, in their research, they say that tour requires $500 million uh, to $1 billion to address its issues. The issue of tour has been a long-standing one. Now, the announced strategic partnership, you remember Decimal Capital, that also faced delays. So, now, Torrentco Asset Management is the one on board right now. It emerged that, uh, I mean, they are now having the negotiations with Tor so that uh, this whole uh, deal will be sealed so that Torrentco will be the one managing Tor's assets. This is where the issue is. Imani Ghana says credibility of Torrentco is questionable because they say, um, looking at their track record, Torrentco doesn't have what it takes to uh, revive Tor. It also says that if you look at how the whole thing is skewed, then it's rather uh, in favor of Torrentco rather than the state. So Torrentco rather will benefit more than the state. Now, this, this is the breakdown of the deal if it finally uh, gets to be sealed. The lease period is six years. Now, barrels to be refined per year is $8 million, and annual rent is $1 million. Look at the Senior Staff Association. They say that looking at TOR's challenges over the period, this is the best option for TOR. And Torrentco is the only available option. Now, look at uh, uh, the, the, and it says that the senior, the, the chairman of the Senior Staff Association has also been explaining that um, there's a clause in there. If they finally seal this agreement, there is opportunity for Tor to terminate the deal if they have a better alternative. So for now, they haven't found that better alternative yet. Torrentco is the one they feel is the best company. And then it's been condemning opposition for uh, the uh, deal not to be uh, done with Torrentco. 
Now, there's been efforts severally, because if you look at uh, since 2018 till date, Tor has been running a loss. They've always, their profit net has always been negative. And those uh, figures I'll be sharing with you shortly. Uh, they've been given the opportunity to actually help revive the company. But those efforts have They offered Tor the chance to revive condensates for revenue. 2.5 million was missing out of the deal. I, I'm sure, uh, I mean, you recall, it's still fresh in our minds. And a committee that worked on it, they worked eight months to reconcile the post losses. Where are we? We are still at square one. So this, if you look at that deal, the opportunities that were given uh, for the condensate, to refine condensates, gas, oil, amount that was missing is 105,927 liters. Aviation turbine kerosene, 252,000 liters. Electrical cables, 18 drums, all got missing. We still haven't found that yet. And this is the trust of the conversation. People say that within a short space of time, these are um, the managing directors, management of tour, yet we still haven't gotten uh, our sol uh, solution to the problem. Since 2017, January 2017 to December 2019, that's within a space of two years, Isaac Jose was in, uh, in charge of it. January 2020, April 2020, that is with just four months. So either some of them were sacked or some of them uh, resigned on their own. Asante Kebeko, he did just four months. Now this is... Uh, Francis Boateng, May 2020 to June 2021. That's about a year. Look at um, Edward Boateng. He did August 2021 to March 2022. That's also about a year. So you really, and then you look at the new uh, managing director, Jerry Henson. He's done from 2022 March till date, about one year uh, over there. So all of these within a short space have uh, these uh, people have been there to manage tour and we're still facing the challenge that we are facing what really is in there for us if we continue to manage it uh, you know as a public entity so this probably is giving reason why it should be uh, there should be a private public partnership but then is that are we having value for money that is where the whole fuss is uh, about the my guest tonight by simons his vice president in charge of uh, research imani ghana um anthony adongo is the chairman for the tour uh, senior staff uh, senior staff of the tema oil refinery john jenapo is uh, the ranking member on the mines and energy committee of parliament and anthony comes in would also be joining us. He's a chairman of the Petroleum Union Senior Staff Association Tour. Let me begin, and, and I want to welcome you, gentlemen, gentlemen, to this show. I'm grateful for your time. I will start with Bryce Simons, who has been questioning Torenko's capacity to revive Tor. He says the deal is shrouded in secrecy and that it seeks to favor cronies. I spoke with him earlier. Listen. Trying to remedy is basically to restart the refinery. Because the refinery has not been producing since um, sometime around March 2021. Mm. My position is that the transaction will not solve the problems of the Tema oil refinery. Why? Um, and for that, we need to first start off with all other problems, right? Yeah. And then we can conclude that it doesn't work. So mm. the problems are primarily threefold. The first problem is that the refinery often doesn't have working capital to import crude, refine it, sell it, and pay back. Uh, in good time. Okay. If the creditors um, give it credit, it's because of the previous challenge that it had. It has to keep servicing debt and the rest of it. It keeps making losses, okay. which keeps accumulating. The second problem is that the equipment are not in the pre most pristine state. So that also means that productivity is not very high. Um, and the third problem is that for a long time, politicians keep hacking the board and the management with their favorites. That's made it very difficult to make strategic decisions that are sensible, rational, and the best interest of the company. So those are the three key problems. Mm. Now, our challenge with this deal 
is that it doesn't solve any of the three problems well and it will worsen these problems. So number one, the group that have come together as a consortium to do this work and does not have the track record, does not have the experience, and their activities and, and background are shrouded in a lot of uh, controversy and mechanisms. So the whole program started sometime in 2021 um, when the attempt was made to restart the refinery because the previous management did not want to continue with the arrangement that was allowing companies to bring their oil for them to refine and then hand back to them. So in the course of that, there was a management change and the new management decided to enter into this new arrangement with a company called Decimal Capital. The founder of Decimal Capital was a CEO and the owner of Decimal Capital was the CEO of the oil refinery who had had to resign because of bribery allegations by the United States government. So the United States government had decided to prosecute the gentleman um, because of what they claim were bribery allegations, uh, were bribery, conduct of bribery, where he had bribed certain Ghanaian officials in a project involving a power plant. So because of that, the person resigned, and a couple of years later, he set up a company to take over assets of Thor to refine oil. So this was called Decimal. But when this news came out, he then transferred his assets, or rather his shareholding, to somebody else, and the name of the company was then changed, first to Bay Bridge, and then later on to Torrentco. And, and so what has happened is that the people that this was transferred to, something called Darko Investment Capital Limited, does not have any track record whatsoever in the energy investment space. So that, first of all, creates great confusion because it's not entirely apparent to us where they're going to get the resources to do the work that they claim that they want to do. Mm. More important than not, a lot of the um, strength of this consortium, a lot of the appeal of this consortium, lies in the fact that they claim Vitor, which is a globally renowned uh, commodity trading company, will give them the crude oil. But the documents that we've reviewed suggest that Vitor is not going to give them this because Vitor has not made any commitment to oil. It's made it very clear that it's only expressed an interest to have conversations if the company is granted the lease. So there is really nothing concrete as to where they will get the crude oil to refine, where they will get the money to maintain the factory, and where the technical capacity to revamp the refinery. So that's our number one problem. The group of people that have come and how they've come together, who they are, what they've done before, etc. The second problem is that the amount of money they are proposing to pay is too small. It's smaller than what we were getting before the management said that you know, that arrangement was too little or too, uh, was insufficient to keep them running the refinery, for which reason they shut it down. Okay. What these people are proposing how, how is more than $1.5 per barrel. Okay. And it's lower than what was being earned then. Mm. So in a sense, store is being shortchanged. And last but not the least, and perhaps most importantly, store mm. needs big money to reform and to revamp and to shift the, its loss-making culture to a profit-making culture. In that regard, you need a much, much more equipped investor, an investor with the resources and the muscle to be able to achieve that transformation. And, and this entity, Torrentco, is not that entity. Hmm. How do you then respond to claims by Tor that, I mean, Tor has been uh, struggling and that uh, this is how it can be revived? Well, I don't think Tor... Um, should give, what, what Tor says should give us a lot of confidence because this is the same organization that ran itself into a ditch, right, for many, many years. If they knew what they had to do as Tor and as currently constituted, they wouldn't be in the ditch they are in. So what Tor, what Tor tells us is good for Tor is not something that we should pay a lot of attention to. This is the same organization whose um, supervising minister claims have been stealing the, the products. Recently, it set up an interim management committee and issued press releases suggesting that a lot of the products that are produced at all are being stolen. We've still have a statement by the senior um, management and the senior uh, personnel at all. But these are the same people that have been accused of running the refinery into a ditch. So what we are interested in is what is the objective person going to say if you look at all the facts. Hmm. And all the facts suggest that Tor needs a huge amount of money to transform itself. Mm. We, as citizens, have paid more than a billion dollars in special taxes purely for Tor to reform itself. Essentially, the government has taxed us billions of dollars, more than a billion dollars, over the last 10 years alone to give to Tor for Tor to transform itself. And that has not been done. So to try and then get in an investor who is only committing 
to invest $22 million for capital investments and for refurbishment and to pay you less than 13 million, about roughly, roughly $13 million a year in rent. When your last major capital investment was $230 million to fix the secondary plant, which is called RFCC, in the factory. It mm. tells you that this is completely um, disorganized. Because if $230 million was not enough, and that was just a partial um, re uh, renovation, how would $22 million make any difference? And then secondly, if you were earning $2.5 per barrel and it was not sufficient, and you kept making massive losses, how would earning $1.5 per barrel make a difference? Paul owes a lot of money. Every month, that the interest rates compound. If Thor does not get the money that it deserves in order to pay off these debts, by the time the lease is over in six years, the debt of Thor will double. It's currently nearly $450 million. So in Ghanaian um, cities, it's over 500, um, uh, 500, 5 billion Ghana cities. Mm -hmm. A company that owes that amount of money cannot allow that to double while it's taking small amounts of money just to keep going for six years. By the time six years is over, refining overcapacity worldwide will create conditions in which the losses uh, will keep compounding and probably unviable for the long term. Do you think this is born out of corruption or simply bad negotiation? Well, it's born out of strategic incompetence. It doesn't, you have a problem, you solve the problem. So you have a problem with obsolete equipment, you have a problem with working capital needs, you have a problem where uh, fundamentally, you, are, you make losses because you are not set up right. You you introduce a solution that addresses those problems. And the first solution is that you clear the debt using the taxes that have been paid to clear the debt. Once you clear the debt, you do an open competitive process to bring the best investors with the most capacity to come on board. You don't go and do a secret deal. Nobody is aware of this. Everything is negotiated in darkness. Then you send it to the public procurement authority to go and ratify it as a single sourcing arrangement. Remember, a single source arrangement. So there was no... The new Chevy Silverado HD puts you in command. Own strength with its enhanced available Duramax 6.6 liter turbo diesel V8. Own the lake with its available advanced towing technology. And own technology with an available 13.4 inch diagonal touchscreen. The new Chevy Silverado HD. Own work, own play, own life. Learn more at Chevy.com. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Attention Metro customers who ride the Orange Line. Starting Monday, June 26th through Sunday, July 16th, there will be no Orange Line service between Vienna and West Falls Church Stations due to rail replacement work. Free shuttle service will be available. For detailed information, call 202-637-7000 or visit WMATA.com. That's 202-637-7000 or visit WMATA.com. Competition at all, and then once that has been decided, it gets leaked to us, and only then are we finding out. Were you aware as a journalist in the media that the government was doing this for tomorrow refinery? No, so you don't approach these things in the manner in which they have been approached. If your real goal is to solve the problem, to solve the problem fundamentally, so our position is that it doesn't solve the problem. And what Paul needs is a capable investor, what Paul needs is competent and independent management. Not crony arrangements, and this is a crony arrangement. Mm. What, what should happen then if government decides to suspend this deal? Talks and consultation with CSOs? Of course, there has to be openness. And CSOs, because of the fact that they spend time working on these issues, tend to be able to represent citizen interests, but also have enough knowledge to contribute. So, openness and transparency in academic wealth, that's number one. Number two is that we must fix the things that we know have been damaging to the first one is appointment of cronies into management positions, board positions, and things like that. The second one is doing these kind of deals in secrecy without using open competitive bidding. So whatever you need, do it on open competitive bidding basis. Give absolute independence to management and board members, and don't appoint your cronies into positions at all. The third issue is that we need to clear the debt, and we've paid enough taxes in this country to clear the debt. And we are still paying ESLA and taxes like that which are supposed to clear the debt. So that has to happen. And then the fourth issue is that toll has to be revamped in such a way that ultimately it will be listed on the stock exchange and it will run as a proper, proper profitable commercial going concern. Mm. We have Central coming very soon, another refinery to compete with toll. 
If Tora is not fixed in the next one or two years, we have lost the window. The last thing you want to do is to do is to distract everybody with a deal that simply makes money for a few people and it's not going to make any fundamental difference to the problems that Tora. That's Bright Simon. Uh, he is the vice president of uh, Imani Ghana in charge of research. And he's been making some very uh, important revelations. One, he says uh, there's uh, the credibility of the company to actually re revive tour is uh, um, uh, at stake. He is also questioning uh, the fact that uh, Torrentco is going to more than the state so i mean that will shortchange the the state if that deal goes ahead uh, i'm happy anthony Kumsen, who's chairman of the petroleum union senior staff association um has joined us all right so uh we've lost uh, anthony Kumsen. let me bring in john jinapo he's uh here with us uh Jinapo, has the minority's attention been drawn to uh this whole issue and and what explains the silence uh, thank you very much. First of all, we've become aware of the challenge confronting the sector. Indeed, we had a meeting as a committee we talked, I think, during the early part of this year. And clearly, the refinery has a major, major challenge. If you would recall, way back from in 2017, and I refer to August 31st, the total energy sector debt was about 9.4 billion. So accounted for about 22.4%. So if you do a rough calculation, you meant that cost debt was about 2 billion as of August 2017. And so if you take a look at the energy sector uh, levies acts and the proceeds, indeed in 2021 alone, a total amount of 6 billion cities accrued to the fund. And if you look at the energy debts recovery level and the energy debt service account, power alone was getting about 400 million. So even if you look at 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, the amount that has accrued from the power debt alone and its components should be dealing with those debts. Don't forget the essence was to take off the liability from those balance sheets give it to an SPV, and service it with a third debt. So the whole $2 billion was supposed to be taken care of completely so that they'll have a clean bill of health. But today, as we speak, Thor's debt, just the current liability alone, is over $4 billion. $4 billion Ghana city. So it means that the refinery is in a very, very difficult situation. No doubt about that. Now the question is, what is the way forward? And I think that uh, Bryce Simmons has done a lot of justice to the issue, so I need not be repetitive. The first question you ask is that the company you are giving it to, what is their track record? I mean, it's standard. It's, it's so basic that you should tell us what this company has done before. Have they handled a similar project? What was the outcome? Which countries did they work in? If you can't answer that, it becomes problematic. But even more worrying, is the issue that they are going to refine about 8 million barrels a year. If you divide that by 365, it means that they are going to be refining just about 23,000 barrels a day. Or, if it's well positioned properly with the requisite investment, can refine about 60,000 barrels a day. And the rule of thumb, even in refinery economics, is that normally you should do about 70,000 barrels. But if you are super, super efficient, if you have a very, very good refinery, you can still do 60,000 and make some profits. So I'm wondering how they are going to be able to do 22 barrels and still be in business. That is major for me. And it does appear that they want to use only the CDU. What happens to the RFCC? The CD is the primary one. What happens to the residual one? And what is government's overall long-term objective? Because six years is not mean a small time. Are you going to be doing these 22,000 barrels for the next six years when your consumption is increasing? And like you put out there, if you look at last year's figures, we're consuming about 4 million liters of diesel and petrol alone. So clearly, if you do 
the analysis, you're simply not going to make any progress. Mm. But even more is the fact that they took this agreement to the Public Procurement Authority for approval, knowing that there is a public-private partnership act, which stipulates that you must go to the Ministry of Finance and meet the PPU committee for an assessment before going to Public Procurement Authority. So if the Public Procurement Authority had not restricted them, you have had a major, major problem. And if you read the PPA letter, it does appear that there are several, several sub-sub agreements. So I think that government should pull the brakes, do further consultation, consult stakeholders, i.e. members of parliament, industry players, civil societies such as MANI and SF and all those people, so that we can together fashion a way of dealing with all. We cannot deal with all's problem in a firefighting approach. It will not work. Let me ask you this, this thought debt. Haven't we paid enough in terms of taxes to, to deal with this debt? Absolutely. The thought debt recovery levy, the levy itself was since 2003. So it's about 20 years old now. In any serious country, we should be done with this. It's been 20 years of paying thought debt. If we had gathered all the money, I'm sure we would have built a completely new refinery as we speak. If you look at the cost of Dangote's refinery, which is one of the biggest, and you look at other refineries, with all the monies that we've paid, if we had even put all that money in a dedicated account, by now we should be building a completely new refinery. So it tells you that there's a lot of inefficiency, and you just showed the losses. Because in refinery economics, you face two challenges. You don't determine the price of your input, neither do you determine the price of your output. I.e., you don't determine the price of crude, and you don't determine the price of finished products such as petrol or diesel. It's regulated. So the only way you can survive is to be super, super efficient. Mm. But if each drone goes into the refinery and a chunk of it is stolen or cannot be recovered, you simply cannot make it. Mm. I think the government should take it easy, pull back, engage further, let us all come to a good consensus and a roadmap. If you want to do some competitive bidding process, let's go through a competitive bidding process and set some benchmarks for whichever company is interested in handling to. Talk about some very, very good assets. Let me be frank with you. Their balance of equipment is very, very good. They are very good tanks. What you need is some level of efficiency, some level of accountability and some capital injection. And I'm sure that once you're able to deal with some of these challenges, the refining will be back on its feet and it will work efficiently and serve Ghana very well. Uh, Anthony Kumsin, who is chairman of the Petroleum Union Senior Staff Association, is back on. Anthony, since 2018, TOR has been recording a profit net of negative and the loss is in excess of 100 million Ghana cities. I mean, this actually cements the reasons why there should be some privatization or there should be a private partnership to actually revive TOR. Now, the chairman of the TOR Senior Staff Association said that you guys do not actually understand the whole import of this, and that is why you are opposing to this whole deal. In fact, he says that Torrentco is the only uh, solution they have. I mean, there's none available. Do you have any other option? It's, it's very interesting to hear um, this coming from Guy. Hello, Anthony. Right, so uh, I think there's a connection problem with Anthony. We'll try and get him back. Uh, John Janapo, you're still on. Let me ask you, has the Mines and Energy Committee been briefed about this whole deal yet? And, and if you have not uh, been briefed, uh, do you intend to do anything soon? We have not been briefed of this very, um, very particular... Actually, every worker at all understands... Okay. I think but, Anthony is back. Go ahead, Anthony. Hello, Anthony. We lost him again. So then, 
let me come back to you, John Jennifer. I mean, uh, you were making the point about the minority's position. Yes, I said that the Managing Energy Committee, this very agreement with Toronto did not come up for discussion. Indeed, Thor indicated that they were looking for a strategic investor. And usually, when you talk of a strategic investor, you are looking at an investor with a muscle, with the experience, with the technical know-how, with the financial muscle, and the links and the connections to, one, improve efficiency, two, expand the refinery, and three, project forward to increase the capacity of the refinery. Reading these documents, I don't find all of that in this current agreement. So I've spoken to Chairman. Fortunately, we have a, a Mines and Energy Committee meeting running from Saturday, Sunday, Monday to Tuesday. And I think that there is enough space to accommodate some of these emerging issues. We're going to be dealing with GNBC as well, and the issue with GHL, the shares in the, uh, the attempt to sell some of the shares to the South African company, the petrol AC and all that. And so with this emerging, I would uh, talk to Chairman again, so that on the matter, on the basis of emergency, we can bring in uh, talk so we can deal with it. The fortunate thing is that PPA did not grant the approval, which means that we still have some time to engage further. And so we will take that on board. But we also want to hear from government in respect of its long-term plan for talk. It's very, very important. You must have a plan. You must have a vision. You must have a strategic vision for talk. What do you want the refinery to do? Because don't forget, government, that earlier on stated that they were building a new refinery with a capacity of 150,000 barrels a day. Cool. They even indicated that they have secured funding, land, and promised that by 2022 that will come to pass. It has failed so far. It does appear that that is falling uh, off the cliff. And so I think that government itself ought to convince itself what it intends doing with talk. And then all of us can support them. But when we are not straightforward, we do not get the direction and the vision as to where we want the refinery to be, it becomes problematic. So you ask yourself, in six years, in ten years, where would you want Tor to be? How many barriers would you want the refinery to process? What kind of refinery do you envisage to have? Knowing that demand in terms of petroleum products is increasing in the country. So I think these are issues that we, as members of parliament, as government, and as stakeholders, ought to engage further so that we can deal with some of these issues uh, going forward. So we have a long term plan, irrespective of the government, and also how we even get management. Can't we, for once, decide that as for tour, we want to advertise and get the best crop of management for the company, taking into account that it's a strategic entity? Within five years, you have about five different chief executives. No refinery, no company would survive with five different chief executives. It takes about six months for you to appreciate the real challenges in an organization. And it takes about another three to six months for you to get a full foothold on your strategies and how you want to take the refinery forward. But even in this period of five years, there's this level of uncertainty, change and movement of chief executives and directors who are going to have a major, major problem. And I'm not surprised that we are having these serious problems with all at this rate and at this pace. Unfortunately, I regret to say that this refinery is on the verge of collapse. And if nothing is done to comprehensively and holistically deal with the issues confronting all, one day the refinery will just shut down mm. and nothing will happen again. Especially because there's another company coming on board uh, very soon uh, that will be competing with Tor. Actually, let me bring in Anthony back. Anthony Compton is back on on the line. Anthony, earlier you were making the point uh, that uh, probably you have a better alternative for for uh, Tor for Tor's revival. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I think earlier on you you outlined some of the things that our brother, our colleague. Uh, um, Guys has been saying, and it's very unfortunate. Um, it's very interesting which part of the refinery we've been working all this year. 
every worker at all understands the nuances. Most workers understand the nuances and the involvement of private, public partnerships, involvement in the in the operations of all. We, we, we have come to turn all stakeholders are actually keenly looking forward for uh, a partner with the, cap the requisite capacity and, and credibility to partner the refinery and then install management control into the operations of the refinery. But what we are witnessing right now <laughs> is definitely is a replica of ECG PDS scandal. The entity in question now has some board members trusting for them and micromanaging every activity to make sure that um, at least it is signed between Renko and Thor. As workers, we asked for requisite information to understand the transaction that was, was ongoing. We're given the lease agreement, we perused it, we saw all the inconsistencies and the, and the, and the misrepresentations in it. We drew management attention to it, we drew board attention to it, and we, we only blacklisted and blackmailed. As we speak now, the refinery has two other options on its table. It has legacy capital that, is, that has come to survey the plan, have discussion with management, done presentation. Then we have Falcon American Oil that has done state last week, the entire week. Falcon with, is, was with the refinery. Did the presentation, engaged all staff, told the plan, and they are yet to bring their proposal. We ask ourselves. If the entity that won the bid at the back of the store, misrepresenting the store and then winning the bid, if we have realized that the store does not have the kind of agreement they purported when they were doing their presentation, what is our motive? What is management or board interest? And what is Bryce's interest? Pushing for Torenko. When all the evidence in the due diligence report all the evidence in the lease agreement suggests that Torenko is a, is, is, a, is a bad deal for us. In fact, we are better off not having a partner and looking for a, a competent a, a partner with the required capacity and credibility than rush into Torenko and then plant the refinery into the habit. This is the position of most workers in the refinery. And so, when you ask the right question, <laughs> you are termed as, as, as enemies. Where this, this partner are actually calling individuals and asking them to, to, to establish their position, whether they are for the transaction or they are not for the transaction. So, this is where we find ourselves now. We are praying very well that the stakeholders sit up, look at the document, the evidence available to them, and open up for other alternatives that are better with enough the requisite capacity and credibility to, to offer the kind of partnership that we need in order to recover it in Today, you have a meeting with uh, some uh, CSOs. Uh, which CSOs did you meet and what were the issues that came up with regards to this deal? Interestingly, there are a lot of CSOs that needed more um, discussions, some um, um, documents to support what is it that is being done um, to speak to some other alternatives. Most of them want to understand what are the alternatives on the table, what are the presentations that these alternative entities have presented, what are their names, what are their capacities, what the decks, um, um, research about them. What, what, what. So to start to understand the alternatives besides correct code, knowing very well that every information that has been done around Torenko is a big moment for the refinery. And there are key stakeholders at, at, at both levels who are fronting Torenko. We have union executives in the refinery who are, who are represented. They are surrogates of Torenko in, in the refinery. And, and they put everything to make sure that this transaction is signed. Knowing very well that they lack of the capacity that they take. They have not met anywhere. They are less than a year, but they don't even have the locals who think that they want to partner the refinery. Mm -hmm. You can't give the refinery a bad name and then throw it to our colleagues just, 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 to, just to get the, 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 the best out of it before the refinery collapse. 
Well, I, I must say that Bright Adongo, who is chairman for the Senior Staff Association of TOR, was supposed to be on this program, but um, um, he, he says he can't join. Um, we don't know the reason why he hasn't been able to join, but he's been saying that this is the only option that we have. Let me take a break on PM Express. When I return, we'll be going into um, what other options are available because we all agree that TOR needs uh, revamp. It needs to be revived, but we do not agree that Torrentco is the one fit to do the job. Who then is fit to do this job? I must say also that PM Express is being sponsored by Cherry Tree Properties and it says desires are wishes. Beauty is the promise of happiness, but passion is everything. Thinking about buying a new home, talk to those who build with passion. And it says uh, a new gated community development at Sakumono. It is developed by Cherry Tree Properties. You should contact 0553-662-366 if you want a property from Cherry Tree Properties. I'll be back shortly with more on PM Express. All of a sudden, your voice I hear different. And when you try a call, Batman, bring me the honey whiskey. You know the one? Black Rock Whiskey. Honey Whiskey. Shale, honey, my dear Frau. Black Rock Whiskey is strong. Now, so taste me is smooth. And it goes down easy. Uh, excuse me. Batman. <laughs> Batman. Bring my friend one Black Rock Whiskey. Black Rock Whiskey. Blended with natural honey flavor. Batman. Hey, what the hell was he canton sada? If you have been to a man, I know. Media G G G G G. Black Rock Whiskey. Tabby, the feel is smooth, national. Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18 years of age, and not recommended for pregnant women. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. My name is Tina. I am a person living with HIV. I got to know my HIV status after I gave birth and lost the child because of HIV. In those days, prevention of mother-to-child transmission services had low patronage due to fear and stigmatization. Today, many HIV-positive women have delivered negative children. I follow the guidelines and take my HIV medicine called ARVs every day as prescribed by my doctor. This makes me strong and healthy and also prevent me from passing HIV onto any future child. Please, avail yourself of PMTCT services when pregnant. It is the only way to ensure you do not pass the HIV onto your baby during birth or pregnancy. If you have tested for HIV recently and it was negative, test again when pregnant. If you have tested positive, go to the hospital after birth as directed by your healthcare provider. Your baby will be given medicine immediately and tested to ensure baby and mother are well. Let us work together to have an HIV-free generation. Our children must be free to shine. luxury. What if you could enjoy ultra luxury in the environs of Sakumono? What if you could have a share of affluence all to yourself? Step into our five-bedroom executive Ohima suite or our four-bedroom oyster asantua space or our four-bedroom plush kukwa unit and discover a whole world of possibilities. It's not just a building, it's a promise of a dream come true. 
cherry tree properties. We develop spaces as though we were going to occupy them ourselves. Reach us on 0553-662-366 or Open an Ecobank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits. You also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the Ecobank Double Salary Promo Reloaded from now till July 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Who is the good? Ghana Jollof or Nigeria Jollof? Ghana Jollof has no co-equal. The smell alone. Oh my God. Oh, that shit. You do the lie, eh? Now they say you when they use Google Lens and then they go put them for talk. You are Choice of goats may differ in football, music, and jollof. Alumovitis always brings us together. Alumo experience greatness in every moment. Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18 and recommended to pregnant women. This advert is FDA approved. Research has it that malaria is one of the most deadliest diseases in this part of the world. So, whenever you're feeling cold, feverish, nausea, or fatigue, get tested. If it is malaria, do not worry. I have good news for you. Equality products from Blaze GVS Pharma. Even the builders of his house and sellers of his cars give him a percentage for every contract he brings. My opponent sits here and turns against the motion for once having for making money legally. Wrong! The biggest debate competition in Ghana is back. Which side do you represent? For or against the motion? Stay glued to your superstation Love 99.5 FM, Joy Learning and Joy Prime as we bring to you the biggest stage where schools in Ashanti show their prowess through debate. Rally behind your alma mater to glory as gallant young men and women from the various senior high schools in Ashanti elucidate their stance on matters of national interest. Venue is the Christian Service University College. Catch us live on Love 99.5 FM on Facebook at Love 99.5 FM. Joy Learning and Joy Prime, 2 p.m. each day. The Love FM High School's debate, trumpeting the voice of young ones on issues of national interest. This event is brought to you by your superstation, Love 99.5 FM, the Ashanti Regional SRC, and the Regional Directorate of Ghana Education Service Ashanti and CHAS. This program is in partnership with Pepsodent. Rasta Chocomold from Twilliam Industries, Christian Service University College, Jackson Educational Complex, Cowbell, Madam Catherine, Freitol and Fortune Rise from Wilma, and sponsored by Zest Consult, Pidato Company Limited, CBS Industries, 
Top Choco Ultimate Fashions Flora Tissues Supported by HD, the new exciting football channel is now available only on HD Plus and brings you football from around the world. Watch Sadio Mane and Daniel Kufitra in the top weekly match of the Bundesliga 1 and DFB Cup, Primera Liga, Copa de la Liga Profesional, see Ronaldo in the Saudi Pro League, as well as daily sports news every other hour. Also, get updated on Messi and Mbappe on PSG TV and many more. Feely Feely on HD Plus Channel 151. Agronaed HD Plus, the Feely Feely experience. Welcome back to PM Express. We're having a conversation about Toll's uh, revival and the fact that a company, a private company, Torenko, is in uh, a deal uh, about to be sealed with Tor to um, manage the company. But the question has been, uh, does it have the credibility? Does it have what it takes to manage the company? But more importantly, the state, is, is the state being shortchanged? Is Torenko going to gain more than the state in this uh, deal? John Jinapol, I want to ask you this. Um, do you agree with CSOs that this sweetheart deal is going to shortchange uh, the state? Uh, then what then should be the way forward if government then decides not to go ahead with this again? First of all, government ought to do a proper analysis of what are the challenges, what are the issues, what are the short-term issues, what are the medium to long-term issues. Management, how do you deal with it? But I think the first problem all faces is management. If you don't have the right management in place, no matter the amount of money you sink into the refinery, you wouldn't have the required or expected results. I think that we should take politics out of talk. Let's get the best grades, those with the requisite experience, those with the technological know-how, those with the managerial competence to get into TOR, first of all, so they can do a proper situational analysis. After that, you look at all the strengths TOR has, the weaknesses, what are the opportunities, the threats they face, like you said, new refineries are coming. And these are new refineries with new technology. So how is TOR going to compete with them? Would Tor want to do some strategic partnership with these new refineries or not? These are issues that I think ought to be brought to the table. Then after all these stakeholder engagements, we can then determine that this is where we want Tor to be. This is the roadmap. Maybe we have a 10-year plan for Tor. Then you break them into yearly targets and even monthly targets and see how you can start going forward. But more importantly, any strategic investor that you are bringing to talk, please let's ensure that we have an experienced strategic investor. A strategic investor with the financial muscle. Because the last time I checked, MD was saying that Paul requires about $500 million. Nobody will come and sink $500 million into talk in this current state. You ought to reposition it and you ought to ensure that it is attractive so that would-be investors will be enticed to participate in the refinery business. I believe that when we begin to do some of these issues and also clear the balance sheet of talk, because nobody will want to come and assume all these liabilities and apply the energy sector levies for their intended purpose. If you read the energy sector levies report, the Minister of Finance appears to be taking some of the money and using it for non-energy-related expenditure. When you do that, it doesn't engender confidence. I believe that when you do some of these key things, it would attract the needed investments 
And once you get the private sector involved, I believe that the refinery will be much more efficient and it will work well. Mm. Uh, at the committee level, though, uh, how do you intend to get government to do this? We can make recommendations, but the truth is that the key decision making rests with government. Parliament has oversight responsibility, and oversight would normally mean that we either look at your accounts, sometimes audited accounts, or you need approval from Parliament to do something. And Parliament might just give some broad guidelines. But the day to day running of the family, management in these issues, economic decisions, financial decisions, these are decisions taken by the current government. Mm. And I'm worried that in the energy sector, there appear to be too many scandals. Mm. EDS, Ameri, AXA, uh, Tor, uh, Boss Scandal, just mention them. And I ask him, like, what is in this energy sector that, under this government, almost every sector within the energy sector appears to be having so many scandals. Something must be wrong somewhere. Who are those interested in pushing their own interests to the detriment of the nation? Why do people want to push some particular deals through? Why do they want to push some particular companies through? And what is their interest? Why can't you put the national interest above any other interest? So these are major issues that I think that we need some reforms and ensure that there's a high level of transparency and a high level of accountability when it comes to the management of top. Mm. Uh, Anthony, how does your group intend, your union, intend to get government's attention to understand your frustration with this deal? Um, objectively, to all the state institutions, the Minister of Energy, um, the Finance Ministry, we have written to all those that are in this decision-making position to, to actually um, police the review the, um, the Toronto deal based on the due diligence report, and then look at the other options that are on the table of management. Do, do, you, want the, do you want the deal reviewed or cancelled? The data, the information we have, uh, the due diligence report, suggests that, and then the, the, the route at which the route where uh, Toronto is now on the table with us suggests that they, they, there's been a lot of misrepresentation, a lot of um, um, irresponsible decisions that have been taken at certain levels because um, the, the entity that bidded and won for this transaction is not the entity we are dealing with now. It has changed its name, it has changed its ownership, and we keep seeing funny, funny, interesting things happening, suggesting that if, if objectivity is put on the table for decision-making purposes, then Toronto shouldn't be on the table in the first place. Mm. Other entities that have approached the refinery with the requisite capacity, we, will, we are asking for all the senses of um, um, the Falcon American oil, we have asked for the senses for legacy or um, um, capital, so that we will peruse them. We will add the necessary Based on which we can say that, okay, the, the information available to us and the presentation done to us so far, if you walk into the refinery right now and do off-the-table research, everybody will tell you that Falcon is the way to go simply because of the presentation they made. But mm-hmm. goes beyond that. We need to do a lot more um, um, due diligence on Falcon or on legacy to establish which one okay. will be suitable for the refinery. Mm. We cannot just jump and say that because um, Falcon said that they were going to make available $200 million to the refinery to fix some key equipment that have broken down and all that. We are just going to jump into that and say Falcon to no. The proper due diligence measures must be put in place. To, to ensure to ensure that uh, government is not shortchanged. I'm exactly. grateful for, for your time. Anthony Kumsen, his chairman for Petroleum Union Senior Staff Association of TOR. Uh, John Jinapo is a ranking member for the Mines and Energy uh, Committee in Parliament. And uh, Brad Simmons is the vice president of Imani Africa in charge of research. Grateful, gentlemen, for your time. My name is Aisha Brian. Do enjoy the rest of our programs. Uh-huh.